It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with certified financial planners Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. Yeah, and it's report card time, friends. So if you were to look back on the year, how would you grade 2020 in your financial life? And I'll follow that up with another question. Do you know what you should be doing? Have you given thought to how you should be approaching next year so that in 2021, this year really, Mm -hmm. 2021, you get a better grade than 2020? We're going to cover that and more this episode of Wise Money. That's right. And we've got lots of questions from fans of the show. We're planning on hitting in the second half of the program. If you have a question, well, number one, if you need help, reach out to us. We're happy to help. You know, just we've got a team of CFPs and all collaborating, working together. Just let us know how we can help. If you have a question for the program as well, you can reach out to us and you can do so a few different ways. Call or text 574-222-2000. It's 574-222-2000. Online, you can find us wisemoneyshow.com. Someone a question right there on the right. There's team bios, lots of other information right there on the site as well. And then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Just search The Wise Money Show on Facebook and YouTube and all sorts of stuff and engage with the show that way and submit questions there as well. All right, so what do you guys think? 2020 go down as the worst year ever? Um, for some people, de- maybe depends but. on your perspective. Yeah. That's right. We're gonna we're gonna work on your perspective here right now at the Wise Money Show. But I will tell you, you know, 2020 gets a pretty bad rap, and and it's like people love to hate. People are enjoying, <laughs> have enjoyed the last month, and and they've as they've talked about, oh, it's the worst year ever, worst year ever, worst year ever. And even I have fallen victim to this, where I've said, oh, good riddance. It's 2021. I can't wait for this year to be behind us. And you know, we listen. We made it. We the Earth. Made it around the sun, mm-hmm. another year. Yeah, mm-hmm. great, right? Um, but we're in a new year. It's a time for reflection and a time to reset, reset our path. That's what we're doing here right now. If you were to look back on 2020, uh, the media, everyone, fake news, and everything has told you 2020 has been terrible, right? And it may have been. I have had some very personal tragedy in 2020, right? And so we've all had stuff. How would you evaluate it in your financial life? How, what grade would you give it? And, and I guess we want to start by talking about what context. So how would you object, objectively determine, well, 2020 was a good year in my finances or a bad year or a neutral year? Well, I think, I mean, one way that people can actually quantify, did they make progress in their financial life is by looking at the dollars and cents. If you have that type of structure in place, if you have a mechanism for tracking where you're at in your financial life at any given time, and I hope you do, if you don't, then now is the time to begin building that, to begin you know, taking a snapshot of where am I in my finances? How much do I have accumulated? How much debt do I have? That sort of thing. It's, it's kind of building a personal financial statement so that at any given time, you can, you can just know where am I relative to where I'm going? 
And sometimes, just as important, where am I relative to where I've been? And that's what I would want you to be able to look back on over this past year. Have you made financial progress, dollars and cents-wise, um, to be able to evaluate, yeah, was this a better year than maybe you even realized? I mean, that point, I mean, you're right. When we talk about the discipline of having a financial inventory or a net worth statement, balance sheet if you own a business, uh, we talk about the importance of making sure that that's up to date, but it's never uh, for, from a boastful, prideful, or embarrassing or an emotional area. It's just purely, where am I financially? Where am I? Okay. And then, and then here's the Jordan Peterson stuff. Well, you can compare that to, well, my friend or my neighbor, or where am I supposed to be? Do I think or whatever? But but really, you should be comparing that to who you were yesterday is what Jordan Peterson says. And if you apply that principle, compare that, your current financial situation to where you were 12 months ago, where you were, not someone else, where you were. And so for our clients, we create this net worth page and we've got a page and it's not, you know, there's a lot of automation in the world of finance now, but this one isn't where we compare it to last year, to the year before, to the year before, to the year before, and we've got a full string of history to see are you making progress? That's right. And and like you said, it's not for boastful reasons. It's not for pride. It's sometimes, maybe even in a year like 2020, it's for the purpose of throwing off discouragement even. Because you may be feeling crummy about how the year has gone. It just, you know, the, the, the world has kind of rocked your boat a little bit, and it feels like you're not going anywhere. And in reality, when you look back on the progress that financially was made, the, the quantifiable facts are that actually maybe 2020 turned out to be a better year than, than anticipated. Yeah, I think the, this is a great time to have contemplation and self-reflection, not only for yourself, but with your loved ones or even getting together with a small group of people and looking back. We like to do this with some friends where we look back on the year and say, hey, what happened? What what has God done in our lives? How has he watched over us and taken care of us? And what are we hoping for or expecting for this next year? And if you don't if you don't live an examined life, you're you're going to someday wake up with regrets. And so this is, the, and you say, well, when's the best time to examine your life? Well, for sure daily, but to, to do a deep dive and say, hey, what is working? What, what kind of trends can I identify? And especially financially, because I, I remember um, working with some folks this year and they said, we used to save like crazy. It's like all we ever did with money was save it, save it, save it, save it. And then this event happened. And it's just, we're all just kind of loosey-goosey here. Mm-hmm. And so it for them, that was, that was great for them to have the realization. And then he said, well, I want to retire at 67. And, and uh, her had, you know, I'm surprised she didn't get whiplash as she looked over at him (laughs) and she said, that's the first time I've ever heard you say that. Mm. So part of this whole process is just kind of sitting down and verbally processing, but also writing down what has happened, what is happening, and then then having those aha moments like, wait a minute, Mm. we used to do this and it worked great and then we stopped doing it. Should we start doing that again? Yeah, yeah. 
you know what, that, that act of verbalizing what you're processing through, I mean, in a way, that, that happens in financial planning meetings all the time, doesn't it? We get to, mm-hmm. we get to witness that occurring. And one of my observations this year is I feel like the number of people who have just sort of arrived at this place of contentment Mm-hmm. is is really climbing. And it's maybe because of the whole shutdown, maybe because there's been more restrictions. A lot of people have said, you know what? We realize that we can be happy without spending as much money as we had been in the past. I can be happy wearing sweatpants every day. Yeah, like, that I, sounds I used pretty to think, good some I days, used doesn't to think it? jeans were comfortable. No, sweats. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You, there's commercials about that, I think, yeah. Mike. Oh, really? <laughs> I think you've You're let becoming your father. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There's there. So so when I was thinking about this, now I mean, truthfully, I I approached it from the Wise Money Show is about helping you take action in your financial life, just spurring you on to take that next wise step in your financial life, get that momentum going, and as I was, you know, we're here at this at this inflection point. It's natural right now to evaluate and and make new plans. And so really what I care about is, and what we care about is I want you thinking about how is 2021 going to be a better grade? What's in your control so that you can make 2021 better than 2020? Whether the vaccine's great or not, (laughs) whether you work from home or not, right? And and whether there's another stimulus or not. And And that's what I want to focus on. But there's a few other ways that I think you could objectively set the emotions aside, objectively determine was 2021 good or bad. We've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Did you make progress in your financial life in 2020? Or did, uh, did, did it feel bad and was it actually bad? And then what do you need to be doing in 2021 right now, starting right now to make this year better in your finances? We're hitting that. We're helping you with it right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on our YouTube channel. Check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, and subscribe to it, and then turn on notifications so that every time a new episode drops or any other content, Next Wise Step videos, anything else, uh, you get notified. So turn on notifications as well. Check it out, YouTube Wise Money Show. Okay, so how do you, you know, 2020's got a bad rap. Everyone's saying it's the worst year ever. I don't think so. I'd still pick 2020 over, you know, the dark ages, <laughs> in my opinion. You know, I, I'd still I'd still choose 2020 where I can heat up my food in 30 seconds in a microwave than having it over. Yeah, you I, know. I'd take 2020 over 1820. <laughs> yeah, I think I <laughs> would. Sure. I think I would. Not to say that uh, we're, we should be basking in the glow of the awesomeness of 2020, but I, I'd still, listen, it's, it's not the worst year ever, okay? But in your finances, okay, except... You know, separate all that emotion aside and whatever. In your finances, was it a good year or bad? Did you make progress or not? And some of this, like Josh said in the last segment, is just to help you throw off discouragement. But how would you know objectively instead of just a feeling? And we've got a few things that I I think we want to point out to you to help you objectively measure 2020, but really each and every year to see if you're on track. Talked about a net worth comparison, but the other is just, what financial goals did you accomplish? Yeah, I, I was remembering back, um, I guess it was at the end of 2019, Andrea and I, we, we got together, we met in 
one of KFG's conference rooms on a Saturday, and we we sketched out on the whiteboard what all our financial goals were were going to be and prioritized them and everything. Just kind of got on the same page heading into 2020. And I took a picture of it with my phone, and I actually set it as the background of my phone. So every day when I would, you know, just log in or just, you know, open up my phone, and there they were you staring of, at me. You got rid of my picture? Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, <man>. Okay. <laughs> But you know, throughout the year, every day it was there in front of me. It had visibility, but I really haven't gone back through to to kind of check them off to to measure which ones are actually done. And I, I feel like that is one way for you to measure the success of the year: is did you get done what you thought you were going to get done? That's did right. you make the progress that you thought you were going to make? based on your standards and your objectives and your priorities. We're going to help you with our goal planning process, depending on how much time we're going to, but we are going to share it with you because now's a good time. If, you, if you're going to take some steps right now to make 2021 better, you've got to know what you're aiming at. And we're going to help you with that, with those goals. Yeah. And, and it, that can be a painful process because you might've had some things that you wanted to accomplish in 2020. You might've stood at the beginning of 2020. I know some business owners that said, man, through February, we were 20% up on the year, and then we were shut down for six weeks. Yeah, And we've spent the year digging out of that hole, and you know, we finished the year down 10%, which is a, feels like a victory to them. A lot of people, when they, when they think about the, goal, their, the goals that they've set, if it wasn't a great year, they, they, they might be feel discouraged. They might not want to revisit them, but I would encourage you, revisit them. I was just talking to a client who said, this is what I want to do in 2021. I said, great. Is that written down? And she said, no. And I said, okay, grab your pen, write that down. Mm -hmm. And she's like, why? And I said, because the power of written goals is unbelievable. So then she wrote it down and then I couldn't remember exactly what she said. So I said, okay, can you read that back to me? Cause I want to put it in the notes. But this is, this is where, and again, we're, we're, we're kind of making a, a to-do list of to-do lists. But one of the things you might need to do, one of the actions you might need to take is to take no action, mm. right? Do nothing and just sit and contemplate and then start writing. Hey, or, or again, if you have written goals, if you don't have written goals, um, we would encourage you to do that. Um, a lot of times, um, I want to say this without sounding hypercritical or judgmental. And you know whenever someone says that, right. the next thing they say is hypercritical <laughs> and judgmental. Get ready. Get ready. Here it comes, Kevin. What do you no, got? No, but I – so I'll just talk about my own self. Like why do I – in certain areas or regarding certain matters, why do I not write my own goals? Because I don't want accountability. Mm-hmm. If I write a goal, I have just created accountability. Here's the problem. So, I mean, I go to bed at night and Cindy says, you know, wake up and work out in the morning. I'm like, crap. <laughs> what, am I, what, am, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to say? Say yes and then let her down when I hit snooze five times or just say no and, you know, try to surpass expectations there. Yeah, there's accountability. Right? Yeah. When, you, when you tell someone, when you write it down, that's right. And no one, and most people are, are generally ple- pleasant people and most people, uh, uh, on on the whole, want to make people happy and please people, including themselves. So when they look at their own goals and they see that they've fallen short, it's like they feel like they've let themselves down. And you know what? If you can work through that, yeah, 
Yeah, it didn't go the way you'd planned. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, now that you're thinking about that, how would you adjust that? Exactly. That is the exercise that a lot of people don't do, especially if you look back on the past year and you didn't check enough items off the list. You don't feel good about your goal achievement for the year. But remember, setting goals is a skill. It's something that you learn and acquire and you get better at over time and you get better by doing it. And one way that you get better by doing it is by looking back and saying, you know, if, if knowing everything I know now about 2020, if I could go back and change my approach to these goals, maybe I wrote them too ambitiously, maybe I was too vague, maybe I just didn't stay focused on it during the year, what, whatever it is, what's the why behind it? And then how do you course correct in the year to come? Don't just stop writing goals because you didn't, you didn't achieve them all. Mm. Get better at it next time. You know, right? I'm, you know, I'm thinking of Jocko Willink and, and and Leif Babin. I mean, that extreme ownership is after every after every mission, things went well, things went you know off the rails, and after every one, they had an after action review. They call it something different, but I know other military terms. After action review, you evaluate everything, and and you 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 taste that uh, that medicine of feedback, and then you adjust, yeah. and that adjustment leads you to hopefully better success in the future. So did you find, did you accomplish your financial goals? A couple other things, especially for 2020. You could measure this year as a success or failure. Is your emergency fund intact, right? And if you if it's not, you might have needed to use it. That's okay, but, but that would be an objective measure of was this a good year or bad year? Is my emergency fund intact? A different, a different uh, measure of this, do I have more in savings at the end of the year than I started with? Do I have less debt at the end of the year? Ooh, guys, this is a big one. Oh, well, there's cheap money and you know I can get all these loans and everything. Just be careful. Be careful not to overextend yourself. We know what happens with low interest rates. It creates debt. We know what debt creates, bondage right? So be careful. Be careful. So do you have less debt at the end of the year? And then here's the, here's the last one on my list. I don't know if you guys have others. Last one on my list is, 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 is I don't love this one, but you could grade this, this year as, are my investments up or down? And the reason why I don't love it is you might do everything right in your financial life, but your investments are just down for that year. But that could be another objective way you could look at the year. Yeah, I, I instead of investments up, I would say goals funded. Yeah. So okay. be, because I have control over whether or not I funded my goals, I have some control, but much more limited control over whether or not my investments were up. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that's right. It, I mean, sometimes during years where that's, I mean, even even back in March, we were saying you're doing everything right, you're doing the right stuff, you know, blah blah blah. So, okay. There's, there's a couple more that we want to hit, but then also we want to get to turn the table to what do you need to start doing now to make 2020 even a better year? So that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What do you need to do right now? What do you need to start? What habits do you need to put in place right now so that 365 days from now, as you're looking back on 2021, you're saying, awesome year, awesome year. Didn't know this was going to happen. That caught me by surprise, but awesome 
year in my finances. We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Go check it out. Uh, wherever you digest podcasts, uh, you'll find the Wise Money Show there. So iTunes, Spotify, wherever, just search Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, and do me a favor, rate it when you're there. Rate the show. Uh, that's helpful feedback for us. Leave comments. We appreciate that. Okay, so we've talked about 2020. We've talked about any given year, how you would evaluate it. Was it a good year? Was it a bad year? But really, the past is the past. That's it. Right. And, and so is it going to get you down and say, oh, I didn't accomplish what I what I wanted to or this thing caught me. Right. I was on I was unemployed. I'm still unemployed, what, whatever. Or are you going to focus on what you can do now to make this next year, this this current year, 2021, even better? I like that you referenced habits when you were given the intro here, because that's where my mind goes first, especially coming out of 2020, because everybody's routines and patterns got disrupted in some way, somehow. You may have been on a great path, great routine, had great habits in place, and then something knocked you off course and you haven't gotten back on course. Maybe now is the time to pause and kind of reflect on what were all those good things that you had been doing in the past that you need to circle back to. Or maybe there's even some great habits that are missing in your life right now that you've never had before. Things like maintaining a budget or some sort of tracking system for your finances. Do you know where the money's going, yeah. right? Do you have a plan for how you're going to spend the dollars? And the, the income that comes into your hands, how much of it is going to get captured for the long-term goals that you've set as priorities in your life? So maybe that's an area that because of you know, cash flow crunch, you stopped saving along the way, or you you eased off the throttle, and it's time to give a little bit more um, acceleration to to that goal. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and you say, uh, I could never live on a budget and this whole emergency fund, like I I just want to I just want to be free. I want to just kind of do things the way I want. But I I'd like help, but I'm I've kind of given up on myself. Here's what I here's what I would encourage you. There are some things that that we do quite naturally and some things that are very difficult for us to do. So the things that are difficult for you to do, you might either need some sort of coach or some sort of guide, but some sort of external stimulus that will help you achieve the result you're trying to achieve. So if you've been trying this on your own, and we've, uh, I've talked to tons of folks, um, well, I don't want to be exaggerating, but it does feel like tons of folks. And they say, oh, you know, we're just really struggling with our with our finances and our debt and all this other stuff. And I say, hey, have you ever heard of a guy named Dave Ramsey? And like, oh, yeah, we've read all of his books and been to Financial Peace three times. And you say, well, how are you coming with implementing? Well, we... We, we just, we, we, we get going on that for a couple months and then we fall off. And so this is where you say, hey, you might need some help. You, it might be worth it in your financial life to enlist the help of a coach to get you where you want to go. Because I know this, if you know that there's a meeting set and you're going to go and you're going to share your results, your, your behavior will likely be different than if you have no external stimulus. Sure. I, so when I when I look at um, how to make this year better, 2021, I, it's, uh, Josh, you mentioned it, it's habits, it's accountability, like Kevin was talking about, 
And I focus on, and I would encourage you to focus on, what things are actually in your control versus what do you maybe have some loose influence over or what's not in control at all. Now, we all live all day with things that impact us that we don't have much control over. And, uh, you know, I had no control over coronavirus, zero, right? I have influence over my likelihood of getting it or not, but I don't really have control over that either. What I do have control over is, you know, washing my hands and doing those sorts of things. And, you know, I don't want to get you started on that, but apply that to your finances. I don't have control over the markets, whether they go up or down. I have influence over how much of my investments I have exposure in, you know, to, to the markets, but I have direct control over how much I contribute, Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I would tell you, and you know this if you're if you've been a fan of the show, we're going to tell you right now, increase your savings by one percent if you need to. Right. You got to make sure that's in that's connected to your overall financial plan. But if you're in the accumulation phase, just increase it one percent. Don't don't even do that budget just yet. You don't need to just increase it one percent. Okay, just encourage that habit of saving and saving a little bit more because you're not going to miss miss that one percent. You won't. If debt, paying off debt is a big priority of yours, update your debt snowball. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what is that? that that's the, your, that's your, your laundry list of the different debt uh, in your life, the interest rates and minimum payments and so on. And then from your budget, here's how much I can actually afford to go towards debt. And your debt snowball prioritizes and then sets you on a tangible goal of, bam, I'm paying this much per month. This much is going to this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing. And I'm going to you know check that off every single month. It's a good time to update that. It's a great time to update it. But it's also, it's one of those goals that you get a win every single month. Every time you make one of those payments on schedule, like you said you were going to, and you watch that account balance dwindle, it's just melting before your eyes. It is... I don't know. It, it it motivates you as you go, and um, I, I think that's one worth publishing. Yeah. Put put it on the fridge. You know, let let it always be in front of you because as you make progress towards these goals, it's it's creating a habit, but it's also creating confidence for what you're going to attack next. They're, they make the refrigerators too too pretty these days. I mean, it's now a, like a, a focal piece, like. <laughs> to make some ugly fridges and they need to come back in style because think of how many financial goals you've lost track of because you're not putting stuff on the fridge anymore because it's nice and what's that brushed nickel and you know <laughs> so make that thing messy put some put some stuff up there i, I want to make a, a comment here kevin you were giving me a look when i was talking about increase your savings by one percent here's accountability i i do this in my own life i increased it two percent this year and i also shifted and you guys probably know I've been having some health stuff. And so we've had our deductible every year for the past like four years. And but we're making the change where we're going to be funding the HSA, but we're going to be paying for stuff out of pocket and letting the HSA grow. So we've increased our retirement savings by 2% and we're making that shift with you. And I, I, I'm honestly a little nervous, but but you should be. And because it, it's the right stuff, and in your financial life, balance is how you're gonna how you're going to measure success. But I am. I'm a little nervous going into this year. Have I pushed it too much? Well, we can back it off if we need to. But I like having those aggressive goals. I do. I didn't. I didn't. So we're eating our own cooking here. Mm-hmm. Um, start a three bank account system. So that's budget, but that's also saving up for that hot tub or the next vehicle. You can start that now. And then the last one on my list: the things that you can do right now. Speaking of three bank account system, be saving up and take a vacation. 
Will, I mean, will you just make sure you don't overextend yourself, make sure it fits financially. But I, we, we didn't take one. I didn't take one last year. I know you did. Mm-hmm. You got, you got, and so some people have been able to do it safe. We didn't do one. So if that's you and you've just been grinding it out, working from home, so you're, you live at the office, you know, take a vacation. Save up for it and, and, and create some memories. I think the the spirit of all this is evaluate where you're at in all the areas of your financial life. You know, this is a show about financial planning. It's one that we're always reminding you that there are six key areas of your financial life. And it's a good time of year right now to go back and evaluate where are the areas that you're strongest in and where are the areas that there's, there's most room for improvement and set some goals in those areas to build upon your strengths and shore up some of those weaknesses this year. That, that's right. And, and you're going to want to involve. I mean, this is that's some intimate work, right, that you will do and maybe you will work with your spouse on, but then involve your certified financial planner. They've got to be a fiduciary. They're in your corner. They want to help. All right, so we've got a lot more to hit uh, coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. To stay up to date on all Wise Money content, find us online, wisemoneyshow.com or wherever you're at on social media. And you're probably there too frequently. At least that's what my wife tells me. You'll find the Wise Money Show. That's you know YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, all that sort of stuff. Just search Wise Money Show. Follow us there and you can submit questions there as well. All right. So... 2020 is behind us, okay? Whether that was fun or great or grand or terrible, whatever, it's behind us. You've got today and you've got the future. So let's start making steps and put in some habits today to make 2021 even better. And we've shared some ideas on, on how to do that, ways to do that. Kevin, you're perusing uh, the, the internet webs here on the break and found another list. So before we get into goal planning, the goal planning process that that we use here at KFG. What else? What what are the other things that you could be doing right now to make your finances even better in 2021? Kevin, you just want to run through this list really quick. I mean, we've hit a yeah. few of these. Well, I mean, spend smartly. So again, that's considering what is it what is it that I do that gives me joy? What is it I that I do that brings me happiness? Um and this actually ties into a bunch of them. Uh, another thing that you so you're considering that one way to to get inspired is to read financial success stories. That may seem kind of boring, but I love it. And I, so I still I still I'm a crier. I still tear up every time I hear a debt free scream. Yeah. So you you need some financial motivation. Yeah. Read the the wealthy barber. Read a Dave Ramsey book. Read. I mean, we're working on our wise money book right now, hopefully to be out sometime this year. But, but you know, read Ben Carlson's um, uh, Everything You Need to Know About Retirement. I mean, read some financial success stories. Absolutely. That that encourages you. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not a big fan of this FIRE movement, um, financial independence, retire early. But 
I've 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 watched it from a distance, and then I I finally watched this this guy, and he did a, a thirty minute talk or something. Talked about how he retired at thirty one, and he, this is the funny thing: like the people that retire at thirty one don't really retire at thirty one. Yeah. He retired <laughs> at thirty one, and then he started building his own house, and then he started a house building company, and then he sold that, and now he's in the middle of building his next house. And so I'm like, well, that's kind of kind of sounds like retirement, but that's not like. Like my dad, who's in his robe until ten thirty in the morning, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sorry, dad. Um, but so so it's but it but I was listening. I'm like, what is this? How did this guy do it? Right? Well, what level of sacrifice are you into? This guy was an engineer, and he didn't have a car. Hmm. So if you think about that, I think of our Amish clients and and, and the resources they have. They don't have cars. They don't have cable bills. Um, most of them don't have cell phones. I mean, go on down the, the line of your monthly bills and think, well, what if I didn't have those? And people are like, well, I, would ne- I couldn't exist without that. Is, that. is that true? He had a bike. He lived close to work and had a bike and rode to work. Didn't have a car. It's like, well, that's, that's interesting. Think of the hundreds of dollars a month that that dude saved. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we all go without cars, but I'm saying, hey, think outside the bun here about what different ways could I approach my finances to get something done. Uh, reduce debt, that's debt that's, that's snowball. So, I, yeah, I mean, I think any year where you start with a certain amount of debt and you end with less, has, you've got to say that's a good year. And I know cheap money and interest rates, blah, 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 but debt is bondage. So anytime you finish the year with less, I, I, I love that. Tracking expenses, that's budget stuff. You think it's constricting. It's actually freeing. Mm-hmm. It liberates you. It's you telling where dollars are going. Um, trade stuff for experiences. Here's the other thing. I mean, everyone's now accustomed to Zoom. I mean, you're, so you can get some experiences now. An exposure to some thinking or some courses or some whatever, learn something new. It's even more available online. So try to get some experiences. When it's safe and when you're comfortable, go out and do a vacation. But um, but you can also go do a online cl- class or whatever. And 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 2021 is supposed to be a record year for the RV industry. They're supposed to ship over 500,000 units. So there are lots of folks that are saying, hey. I'm going to get some experiences different than how it's been in the past. Isn't it so funny? Just to, just to touch on that, you know, so if you're listening live on the radio, it's great. If you're consuming this on podcast, we, we live in, uh, in, in the RV capital of the world. And so we're aware of this, of what's going on and in 2019. So interesting that it was, oh my goodness, things are way off. The RV industry's way off and we're, we're projecting to sell less and, and so on. And then things have just changed. Complete reversal. That's right. Yeah. So uh, create an emergency fund, start a spending plan. That's a budget. Yeah. I mean, those are some of those habits that we were talking about earlier in the show. But if if I could give you a gift, you know, if I could want something for you for this year, you know, part of this is the relational side of finances. What if you ended 2021 more on the same page financially with your spouse? Yes. Then you started it. I like that. That will just bring peace into your life. And if you're not married, that's fine. You need to be on the same page with yourself, <laughs> right? Because how how often, if you don't have that feedback from a spouse where you kind of have to spar a little bit, you have to do a little arm wrestling on how you're going to make 
uh, set priorities uh, in your financial life with that that spouse, um, you may be more prone to just kind of your own whims, your own moods, your own changing fancies throughout the year and not hold yourself to a line that even you set for yourself. And, you know, one, one of my favorite ways to watch clients, married couples, get more on the same page financially is when they walk through the process of renewing their financial goals, kind of resetting together what are their priorities. And, and we have a process that we walk them through. I actually just enjoyed this, uh, this type of a meeting with a client this past week. It was fun. A um, lot of laughter and a lot of aha type moments. Is that but what I heard? You were you had a ruckus there. Well, <laughs> there you know, there's some couples that are just rowdy in general, so they're fun, you know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but um, you know, we we start out this process by just saying, "Hey, let's get all the ideas on the table." And we use a whiteboard, so we get them all on the whiteboard to just get a a master list, a comprehensive list of what is it that you hope to achieve in your financial life. No time constraints. So think whole life. You know, some of these might be bucket list type items, but you're getting everything on, on the board. And it's both spouses contributing. There's no bad answers here. But when you've got a master list where his and hers are both combined, now you have the ability to go through one at a time, separately from each other, and prioritize them. If you could only achieve one of these goals, which one would you pick? And you had to fail at every single one of the others. Which one is the priority for you? And you mark it with a one. And then you go through the rest of them, just one through 10, one through 15, whatever the the number is. And you separately are kind of setting your your priorities and uh, and then the merger comes then the averaging comes and this is the part where a lot of people they had no idea they were so very much on the same page a lot of them kind of joke and suspect that oh i i assume that boy we're going to be exact opposites no actually you and your spouse you might think more alike than you even realize mm-hmm. and that's a good thing and that's worth celebrating that you you really do share a lot of the the common priorities but where you differ this is where some of the healthy dialogue can be happening and this is how you get more on the same page with your spouse it's when you understand your spouse better and by walking through and understanding, well, why did you prioritize, you know, helping the kids with college, you know, that, that was more important to you than getting the debt wiped out, for example. Well, each of you share that. And, and this is something that's easier done when you have a guide walking you through it. And so if, if you've never done this before, if you and your spouse do not have a list of goals, I encourage you, reach out to a certified financial planner, someone who can be the facilitator of those really important discussions, but then turn it into a plan, help you put a price tag next to each goal and, and a game plan for how you're going to go achieve them. I was just off, you know, in la-la land here, just kind of drifting as I was listening to you, Josh, and I was actually thinking of Cindy, my wife. And this is a process that we've done really formally and less formally over the years. We always talk about our goals. And I wonder, though, we've, I've never, we've never sat down with you and you, Kevin, as a couple. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I wonder if Cindy would say something a little bit differently if she was 
with someone else, a third party that cared for our overall financial situation. I wonder if she'd be more honest. And the one I'm actually, and, and maybe you can relate. I, this is this is absolutely raw, very very true. I wonder if she would say, Mike. Sometimes I feel that you prioritize more saving over experiences. And is there a way that we could allocate more money to a travel or to a, a vacation and do a little bit less towards some of these other goals? Because that's just where I'm naturally wired. I feel like maybe when we just talk, the two of us, right? If you're not talking and getting on the same page, you got to do that. If you can start this process that Josh just laid out, that's good, right? Because then it has the opportunity for you to get on the same page. But if you can do it in front of a certified financial planner who loves you and cares for you and wants the best for you, is working with you on a process, not trying to get to an end product, then that's great, it, you know, because that you might be able to be more open and someone might be able to help you, you as a couple, get more on the same page, more in a line where everyone's feeling good that we're going in the right direction. And that's especially important if finances have been a source of conflict in the past or where one spouse, maybe their will gets exerted a little bit stronger than the other because they're the ones that manage the day-to-day finances. That's what I, they that's just what I know worry. it closer. That's right? what I worry. I worry if Cindy just looks and is like, well, I trust you with it. You're the one closest to it. You, you, you know, finance is your gig, so you'll just do that. And, but in the back of her mind, she's thinking, I wish we were doing more to, towards these other things. Mm-hmm. And doesn't know whether you're capable of doing sure. those things. Sure, right, right. So, yeah, that's a good introspective moment for all of us, especially those who, you know, you, you maybe have a good handle on your finances and you think, oh, yeah, you know, my, my spouse's wishes and their values and priorities, they're, they're represented in the game plan that I put in place. Maybe that's true, but maybe maybe there's room to improve on that. And so this year... What if this was the year of you getting more on the same page with your spouse? So again, and that was, that was, so sit down with your certified financial planner. I mean, once again, the Wise Money Show is a story. It's a show about the financial planning process, the comprehensive financial planning process you need to go through with your CFP, who's a fiduciary, and helping you get goals and then quantify those goals, figure out which ones you can go after with gazelle-like intensity and which ones need to come as a later priority. They're going to help you with that. So, all right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.